I hope everyone is having a happy holiday season. You might have noticed that our production schedule has slowed down a little bit here. We're currently recording episodes for 2022, starting with a really important conversation about the No Surprises Act. That episode is going live on January 3rd. The act is going live on January 1st, so you're definitely going to want to catch that one. In January, I'm also launching the next cohort of the Practice Accelerator course with my colleagues, Dr. Jessica Jameson and Amy Reynolds. So if you want to investigate independent practice and you're looking for a bunch of valuable tools as well as a crash course education to equip you as well as to evaluate if independent practice could be right for you, then definitely check out that course. Links to that in the show notes, apmsuccess.com slash 125. Today is a really exciting episode because I'm talking to Dr. Brian Cohen about this amazing company he's created called CMify. That's C-M-E, all caps, lowercase f-y. This company gives doctors the opportunity to very scalably and easily create broadly accessible CME opportunities in places that they haven't been able to find historically. And we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of how that works in today's episode. So in partnership with CMFI, I'm very pleased to announce that the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success podcast is partnering with CMFI to provide an opportunity for this CME credit in our weekly shows. So if you go to the show notes, which you can find in your podcast player, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, but also on the show website with the backslash for the applicable episode. For example, apmsuccess.com slash 125 for today's episode 125. At the top of the show notes, you can access a link there to create an account with CMFI and begin earning CME credit. This learning experience is powered by CMFI, which is a platform that brings relevant CMEs to busy clinicians at the right place in the right time. And I can't think of a better place in time than right here, right now. Using short learning nudges, doctors can reflect on these unique learning opportunities and unlock AMA PRA category one credit. So today we get into all the details of Brian's company, how all this works, but going forward, check out the show notes for links to earn CME. This is going to be done at no charge through the month of January, and there will be some sort of option to pay if you want to do that in the future and capture those CME credits. So hopefully this period of free CME will be some small thank you to the APM success audience. It's really been a pleasure getting to share these interesting and exciting ideas with you, talking to people who are so smart, so enterprising, doing such important things out there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hey, it's Justin Harvey. Thanks for tuning in to the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success Podcast. With APM Success, we take a close look at important topics pertaining to business, practice management, personal finance, and careers for anesthesiologists and pain management physicians. We work hard to take your critical questions straight to the experts. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of Anesthesia and Pain Management Success. I'm very pleased to be joined by now friend of the show, Dr. Brian Cohen, who's joining us from sunny Florida. How are you, Brian? Doing well. How are you, Justin? I'm pleased to be speaking with you. I, I'm excited for this conversation. So when we last spoke back in episode 90, anybody who wants to check that out, apmsuccess.com slash 90, you were kind enough to share a little bit about your experience in private practice, practicing in Texas, and then being part of the, the, the founding of this group in Miami. And as well as talking about some of your entrepreneurial ventures, and it is 
to discuss the latter of those that you're back today. So I appreciate you lending some time and expertise to the show. Absolutely. So for starters, for anybody who doesn't know you, maybe just give us a little bit of a synopsis of your kind of career and current scope of responsibilities. Sure. So I'm a practicing anesthesiologist, been in practice for about 14 years now. Started my own anesthesia company along with uh, two other partners, three other partners, Miami Anesthesia Services back in 2015. We focus mostly on ambulatory surgery centers and anesthesia in South Florida. While I was starting the anesthesia group, also had the opportunity to work within the medical malpractice space as a uh, medical, uh, especially medical director for, for risk on anesthesia and pain management. Really gained some interesting insights into how that part of the world works and how it interacts in the clinical side of the world, which oftentimes we don't see until it's too late and malpractice suits occur and, and poor outcomes happen. Also got to cross paths with, with a couple guys who brought me into a world which I never really pictured myself you know, playing in, which is the, the digital health and tech world, which again, as you mentioned, that's sort of what we chatted about last time and how we started a company called AdaptTrack. Um, AdaptTrack was, is a risk-focused CME content app to really nudge physicians in the direction of practicing with less risky behaviors. As we went through the process of developing this company and then putting this company out there to the world, and the world being mostly our clinician colleagues, because that's sort of the world we operate in from day to day, we continued to find ways in which to make it better, easier, faster, more relevant, and to, to speak more towards how clinicians really absorb information and interact and what we care about. And then, you know, when the pandemic hit, you know, it sort of allowed us to, to dive into all these other ways in which tech and healthcare were interacting. And we came out with another adventure from there, which is a CMFI, which we can which we can get into. Yeah, one of the things that I'm really excited about with AdaptTrack and CMFI is uh, it's one of those, you can call it a product or platform. It's one of those resources that really does lighten the load for physicians. And in a time when that load just continues to get ratcheted up. And, you know, we were talking off the record before this call about some of the ways in which that's manifest, reimbursement and things. Anytime there's something out there that makes a doctor's job a little bit easier, that makes the burden a little bit lighter, that isn't like yoga and mindfulness, not that those things aren't good, but that is not going to be a solution or at least a, it's not a comprehensive solution and things to give doctors time back in their day to, I mean, decreasing med mal liability. That's a, that's an, an awesome thing. And that's at the end of the day, I think why I am most excited about CMFI is like making doctors lives better. <laughs> and uh, that's one of the reasons that I'm really excited to be having this discussion today. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, that was kind of our mission from day one. And, you know, we didn't know where it was going to go, but it was how are we going to make clinicians' lives a little bit better, a little bit easier, both in work, at home life, and in that balance. And, you know, we've, we've found that for some people that Wednesday night yoga does help, but not for everybody, right? For some people, they care more about time than money, but not everybody. Um, some people have been sued, some haven't, and some that hits home and some it doesn't. So it's really, how do you find something that speaks to the masses that can drive little pieces of value back in different ways to everybody? Um, and nobody's going to solve everything in healthcare right now. And I think we realized that very early on. 
but how can we continue to chip away one piece at a time to make to make it better, you know, day by day and, and piece by piece? And again, the, the taking a break from the clinical side during the pandemic, a forceful break, not by choice, but 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 it it did give you a chance to sort of reset and say, what do we all care about? And how are we consuming what we care about? And really, you know, open the doors to to just thinking about things really outside of the box and experimenting with it. I want to talk about CMFI in one minute, but before I do, if you could just indulge me down a brief rabbit trail, I think you have a really unique seat as someone who's provided so much advice, feedback, and consulting around MedMal and medical malpractice in the anesthesia specialty in particular. So is there anything that you think you've encountered in the, the cases that you've seen or the work that you've done that you think would surprise anesthesiologists in general, as they think about medical malpractice and the potential risks that exist and the way that they interact with those risks or anything that's misunderstood, perhaps? You know, it's, it's funny because one of the reasons why we were able to do what we, what we did with Adaptrack was there are trends and there are things that seem to repeat. And even though it's happening over and over again, a lot of us still aren't really aware enough of it because we're, we're in our safe bubble and we haven't hit those patterns yet. I mean, one thing that, that honestly spans across every specialty, but in a different way is, you know, the way in which we document and documentation and, and anesthesia, we have a very unique system of documentation. You know, we're not writing soap notes in the chart. Typically we're, we're creating anesthesia records and a record can be anything from, you know, 99% automated at this point, you know, with, with templates and pulling in vitals to, you know, 100% handwritten and no matter in which you know, space we're playing in, the details in which we we put into those records are invaluable when anything of, you know, abnormal nature occurs. And remember, med, med mal cases are not always those cases where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. I'm going to get sued. You know, these sometimes are the cases three years down the line where you come back and, and there's a claim at your door and you have no idea what case that was because it really seemed to go through a very normal path. So, the only way to consistently protect yourselves against those is to really concentrate on that documentation and explaining your thought process. And oftentimes it's a little bit counterintuitive. You know, you know, I chose to, you know, put in a breathing tube instead of an LMA based on this, this, and this, and this, you know, you wouldn't always think to document that, but when the outcomes occur that speak against it, you know, it's there for you. So, you know, it's a, it's a unique form that we have in anesthesia, but it, it comes down to the same theory of, you know, putting your thoughts down on paper, it protects you, you know, in, in the current stage. And if anything comes back in, in the long term, same thing goes for all specialties, just in a very different format in which we're writing it usually. Yeah. That with the, the ongoing, obviously I'm not a clinician, but every now and then Sarah will tell me, my wife will tell me a little something about her experience interacting with the documentation side of her job every now and then it's just, I'm like mind boggled. Uh, you know, I think there was one where like, oh, the, the EMR was down for a few minutes. And so I was like charting three minute intervals by hand while I was doing my job. And that for me, that was like, that is insane. Who remembers how to do that? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting though, with the EMR taking over in the anesthesia space, you know, it was our first real interaction with, with a lot of these templates that, it, that you can create and exist. And they, they're there to save you time, but they're also, you know, they're, they're a little bit of a double-edged sword. and it, it's it's a, a very common practice in what we see in malpractice claims where you're pulling information forward, not realizing that that's 
old old data or not current. You know, why why would you do this case of the hemoglobin was six? Well, maybe that was eight months ago, but you just pulled it in to your current chart. So you have to be really careful with the with the templates you're creating and pulling in data that's accurate and double checking that, you know, as if you just wrote it, you know, that second. So talk a little bit about CMFI and the genesis. The, so talk about AdaptTrack, which is you described like the big umbrella. And then in AdaptTrack, there's the, the risk suite where you help physicians analyze what is our, you know, where are we currently at risk and nudges and prompts to help reduce risk over time, as well as this CMFI product, which creates an opportunity for physicians to, on their own terms and in their own way, capture CME much more conveniently. So talk about that. Yeah. So again, it, it, it really was a product of experimentation. And when we created AdaptTrack, as we discussed before, as, as this nudge platform, once we got the physicians into that platform and engaged, the response was very positive. Oh, this is easy. This is very useful. This is relevant. This is stuff I normally don't know. And it's 30 seconds instead of 30 minutes. And I like kind of reflecting on how it affects me and applies to my day-to-day. But it's still one more thing for me to do. And what we found was, and this really took off again when we were all sitting at home for that really that seven week stretch, you know, specifically, but, re- but over the over the year of 2020, where we learn with each other, right? We learn as clinicians, we're learning all day, every day, every conversation, whether it's you know, bumping into a colleague in the hallway of the hospital, whether it's listening to a podcast on your way home, we're always sort of learning something. And learning doesn't have to be a very formal format. You know, your grand rounds doesn't have to include that stale turkey sandwich in a box lunch in an auditorium exactly from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. It's like, or I could, you know, I don't know, meet with a friend over coffee and learn the same thing. It's, it's just the way in which we've evolved. And, and in a very positive note, we've really, as clinicians, started embracing co-learning, learning with each other trusting what our colleagues have done and learned from an experience and taking that and incorporating into our own practice, as opposed to that very professor student type of learning. So with that being said, you know, we, we really said, let's embrace that and let's encourage that. And, and if that's, if that fact is true, then how can we bring this content that people actually want to engage with and bring it into things they're already doing. So how can we save them more time and reward them for the learning that they're already engaged with? And that was really where the birthplace of CMFI came from. To be honest with you, the first experiment into that was when Clubhouse was real popular. And ironically, I think we just started to touch on this when we recorded the last episode on AdaptTrack and we were blown away. We're like, oh my God, like, people on Clubhouse and they're talking about really like amazing medical conversations and they should get CME for that. So how do we bring AdaptTrack or CME content into those experiences? And that's what CMFI does. It, it allows you as a host to essentially draw in CME content into a link and allow your learners or your listeners or your colleagues to engage with that content and reflect on how it affects them and what they learn from it and gain CME from it. That could be anything, like I said, from a clubhouse room to a, to a nature walk. Maybe that nature walk is making you really reflect on work-life balance and how some of the things that, that, that you can do to incorporate into your life to help with that and reduce burnout. 
you know, maybe it's listening to your podcast, Justin, maybe it's, you know, a quick lunch and learn or a 10 minute grand rounds, you know, at God forbid, 3 p.m. <laughs> instead of noon. So it really embraces that ability to co-learn with each other, drive reward both to learners and drive reward to the people that are that are hosting these these learning moments. So I can picture the listeners, you know, saying, "What you're telling me I can get CME from a nature walk?" That that warrants further explanation. So why don't you explain the mechanics of how CMFI works? Right. So so first of all, the most important thing is to really draw the line, and for me to draw the line as to what a learner is getting CME for. So ACCME is not coming by and accrediting a nature walk, just like they're not coming by and accrediting a specific podcast or a specific conversation. But the ACCME accredited content, CME content that, for example, for us lives in the Adapt Track risk suite, if we're able to bring that in and allow the learners to engage with it, so now they're absorbing that CME content in the right place in the right time when it's relevant to them and reflecting on it. So part of the, the, the way in which our CME is, is delivered is really through reflective practice, through internet point of care learning and a reflective process to specifically document how the learning material applies to my own practice and day-to-day. That practice in and of alone is very well supported and used through the NHS and through their certification process from year to year. Here in the States, we, we haven't really you know, embraced that as much. But what we found is as you take this practice to somebody in the right place in the right time, whether they're on their phone and they just you know, listen to something and they're now going to reflect on it, it's a very natural behavior for us to really journal about it. Um, just as, as natural it is to, is, you know, to text your spouse or your, you know, your mom what you did that day. So the, the practice of engaging with that CME content in that place and reflecting upon it is what drives the CME credit. And it's a half credit per reflection or per engagement or per nudge, essentially. And again, it, it's brought to the learning experience. And it can be it can your my reflection and my learning can really be driven by and affected by what I just heard from you or what I just experienced or what I just you know listened to from a colleague. Um, and all that is captured in the reflection. So it, it's important to delineate that you know that it's not accrediting the actual content that's being discussed. it's it's the content that I'm engaging with and reflecting upon. Understood. So if we take the example of your cup of coffee and you're doing a, an informal, curbside catch up with a, a colleague. Talk me through how I get from sipping on coffee to submitting for a CME credit. Sure. So I think the easiest way to look at it is, is there's there's two personas here, right? There's there's a host persona and there's a learner persona. The host persona would be the the person who is actually creating a link, a CME link. This is a process that traditionally would have taken four, five, six weeks let me gather all my PowerPoint slides, submit it to the CME department, have them review it, tell me what to change, what not to change, and they'd send me a link back after I paid lots of money. We essentially took that process and turned it into about 20 seconds. So as a host, I can go into my CMFI account. I create a link based on really the setting in which I'm learning, the title in which I want to give this link which nudges I want to bring in, you know, something, let's just say it's going to be general reflective practice. 
So within about 20 seconds, I have that link. I can share that link with one person I'm having coffee with. I can share that link with 500 people that I'm speaking to. They click on that link and now they start experiencing the, the learner user experience. So now as a learner, if I click on that link and I've just had this amazing conversation over a cup of coffee and I read the nudge content that you know tells me about the power of reflective practice and you know anything that I can gain from that and I can dive deeper into it and I can reflect on how that applies to me and my practice and my day-to-day. The first time I click into that link, I'm going to be, be prompted to register for my AdaptTrack account because the, the CME is actually coming from the AdaptTrack platform. That process takes about 15 seconds in and of itself. I, I enter my NPI, my, my phone number, and that's really just to get my specialty. So my subject material is relevant to me and to make sure that I am who I am and that I am, that I am a clinical practitioner. Once that happens, I land right into the nudge experience. I reflect on it, I save it, and I just earned a half a credit of CME. I can do that one more time on the link, the second nudge that, that is attached to the link. So by the end of the experience as a learner, I've clicked into two different learning nudges. I've reflected on two different experiences, and I've earned one total credit of, of AMAPRE category one. Now, if I shift that back to the host user experience one more time. So now as a host, I sent the link out. My learners clicked on it. They earned their credits. I'm gaining impact and I'm gaining stats. I'm gaining information from what they are actually reflecting on. Everything we do, we put the power in the clinician's hands to opt in or opt out. So when the learner is leaving that reflection, they can choose whether or not to anonymously share that reflection back with the host. So it becomes very powerful you know, as you aggregate this data, because let's say I am that host in the 500 person setting, and I just got 500 people to reflect back on how this learning affects them or applies to them, what they care about, what they don't care about, the key words, the topics, the sentiment, the questions. And that's a lot of information for me to take and say, well, this is what my learners and my colleagues are thinking and care about. Now, over time, that builds up in my profile, and that becomes a very useful profile to then be able to share further on with others in the industry and and sponsors, per se. But that really is the user experience from both sides. And the important part for us is, is to be able to align incentives in every direction. So everybody has to win. So the host has to win. He's able to, he or she is able to increase engagement, increase listeners, increase conversations, because he or she actually has CME to offer almost as a currency to engage with, with, with the content. The listeners, the learners, they're there. They've learned something. They've gained CME for something they were already listening to and doing in a very abbreviated time frame and learn this reflective practice back. And all of those reflections and all of those credits stay forever in their, in their AdaptTrack learner platform. And they can go back and claim those in certificates as AMA PRE category ones. So, you know, that's, that's really been important for us from day one, as we talked about sort of that mission to make, make these clinicians, you know, lives a little bit easier, a little bit better, you know, what other ways can we, can we continue to, to bring value in to the people that are engaging and learning with each other? So let me sort of focus on each of those personas that you mentioned. So if there are hosts out there right now, listening to this conversation, they think, oh man, I present, you know, half a dozen times a year at conference plus 
another half a dozen grand rounds. Plus I am rounding with residents and fellows or having conversations with peers. And I'm interested in being a host, like creating that opportunity for the people with whom I'm speaking to be able to CMFI this conversation. What should they do? They can go to CMFI.com and they can say they're interested in being a host. Um, It's really as easy as one click. We have it very automated at this point. Again, part of my job in all of this as, as chief medical officer in the product is I'm forced to go back to our team every day and say, how do physicians and other clinicians think about things? And what's our attention span for this? How do we want to, and, and we've got a very short period of time where we can get someone to click on something, understand what it is and get going. So everything is very abbreviated, very compact and very self-explanatory with the ability at any time to click into our concierge and have them walk you through anything. We've, our concierge service can help you create links. They can you know, reiterate the process for you to create links on your own, but it's, it's, a very, it's meant to be very self-serving, but at the same time, you know, easy to help with. Because you can really, you can make these links fun. And that's, that's where we've seen a lot of people start to really let that, let that creative side out is, you know, the people are embedding GIFs and, and videos and pictures and emblems and into these CMFI cards that the learners click on. And it's, it's just a way to, to make your colleagues, you know, you, you know, smile. You click on a, on a CME link and essentially have a, a GIFy of an office scene, you know, and it's just something to make them smile as they realize that they're learning and, and gaining from what they're doing. And so if I'm somebody who's having this proverbial cup of coffee with one of my colleagues who doesn't know about CMFI, isn't interested, but I still want to kind of monetize the conversation, is there an opportunity for me to do that? So we, we have recently turned on the ability to, to monetize this. And let me, sorry, let me, let me be more clear. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about to, to capture the CME credit for the conversation. If, if, for example, I have this cup of coffee with one of my colleagues and they aren't going to necessarily send me a link through CMFI, or maybe they don't know about CMFI and I'm like, oh my gosh, for that, they haven't set up a new login for a new account for anything in the last 10 years. And I just want to do this for myself. Is there a way for that to happen? Yeah, you can, you can earn CME as a host as well. And the ironic thing is that we found that if I was a speaker, at a grand rounds, and I put in 10 hours of my own time creating these slides and this presentation, I submitted to the department and I came back and I presented it. It was actually more difficult for me to get CME than for the people that came and listened to me for an hour. So we, we feel, feel strongly that, you know, it was one of the first things we did was say, okay, if you're the creator of the content, you can reflect on that. You can, you can engage with this link and you can earn CME for, for being the creator as well. So absolutely. So you can essentially self-host. You're curating your own learning experience. Hundred percent. It's it's your definition of of learning. You know, again, what has been very encouraging is the expansion of this co learning, and and it's not just by myself anymore, and it's not just with my closest colleague. And I'm not afraid to share what I've learned with everyone else out there. You know, and I and I feel like, you know, for for a long time, physicians sort of held these discoveries and insights close to the heart because they wanted to be the single person to do this better. When who suffers in that is, is other patients that maybe could be benefiting if other physicians or clinicians had access to that information. And I think we've really broken down a lot of those barriers over the past few years where we've really started opening up these conversations between colleagues and sharing of information. And again, that's something here where 
you don't become an anonymous source of information. So if you're a, if you're a voice that really has, you know, some specialty knowledge and some insight into into a certain practice or certain behavior or certain medication or technique that that is showing improved outcomes or positive impacts, share that. But you'll get credit for that. It's your voice, right? It's your voice that's going out there. And this is another way to even track that. And that's why that CMFI profile helps really track the impact of what you're talking about so that your voice doesn't become lost and you don't become, you know, an anonymous person that, that shared something amazing. And that profile becomes shareable, you know, with, with in any direction. And what we found is, you know, we, we've, we're in a little bit of a, of a trend of, you know, clinician Kim Kardashians of the world, which is, um, I say that in the, in the, in only the positive way of we're out there influencing and we're influencing each other and we're getting more and more people to listen to us. But then what, like, then what are we going to do? What are we going to do with that? We can do a couple of things with that because there's, there's companies, there's organizations, there's social impact groups, there's medical device companies, there's pharma, there's all these different industry people and companies and, and causes that care about the same thing that we are talking about. They just need to know that we're talking about it and they need to know in a measurable way. And again, so that's where that profile pulls back in. So these impact stats that, that we can gather from, not from what you're saying, but from what your listeners are hearing and what your listeners are caring about um, is really even more important than what, you know, that research paper that maybe you wrote on a similar topic. And so that's an interesting part that, that then can, can help give reason to why clinicians are becoming influencers within certain you know, segments of what they care about, you know, now let's let them use that to their advantage and, and take advantage of the impact that they can have across the industry. So now talk about the monetization in the classic sense where I think you're starting to go a minute ago, like, tell me about how, how this works as an economic model. So, you know, again, as, as we, as we have sort of gone step by step through the process, and obviously step one was, you know, do we care about CME as a currency to engage? And the answer was clearly yes. You know, the next question became, okay, how, how do we then use that to continue to drive value back to the people that are driving the content and the conversation? And we've allowed essentially that host to monetize their links as well. So, yeah, I think the easiest way to describe that is let's take a podcast example and, you know, listen to my podcast for free. It's out there learn, listen, engage. If you want to gain CME by reflecting on how this affects you and what you learn from it and what you learn from the content and what you're engaging with, click here, pay $5, $10, $20. Honestly, anything less than you know, mid-30s, $35, $40 per credit is still below average what it would normally cost us to go out and get CME credits. And that gives, again, these clinician creators a way to monetize what they're putting out there. This is your time. This is your voice. This is valuable. And we shouldn't be the ones that gain all that money from the CME portion of it. And that's really where it becomes as a kind of a shared you know, incentive. And it's really been an, a nice way to reward the clinicians that are pushing education out there. You're right. And, and encouraging these discussions, stimulating some of these thoughts that are going to continue to further to improve healthcare as we go along you know, year to year. So as a host, you essentially set the price for the CME experience. 
hundred percent. You choose to set the price and you keep 80% of it and, and CMFI keeps 20% as a processing fee. And then in the example of the, you know, the fellow who is their own host as well as the participant, how would that work? I mean, I wouldn't want to charge myself. So yeah, you can also do it free. So you can have, it really is up to the host as to how they choose to engage with and to bring this into a part of their, their, their content distribution. So if they choose to continue to create CMFI links with no cost associated to it, this is, this is for them to decide. Our role at CMFI is literally to be a connection platform. So we're a platform that has the ability to produce a link that draws in CME content into that link at the right place, right time, and relevant scenarios. As we continue to find other partners within the CME world that have the content to come in, the content of library that that you as a host can bring in will continue to grow. We have other fun features that that are sort of a, a, a part of the subscription, like instant rounds, for example. This is another feature that we kind of sat back and said with that whole discussion of why are grand rounds grand rounds? And why can't they just be instant? Why can't we learn kind of, you know, in everyday moments or when I feel like the right time to engage with is? And so, you know, at any place, anytime, you can launch an instant round, you know, with one click of a button, you produce a link. Anybody can be invited to join that, that instant rounds. And it's a live end-to-end encryption, same that NHS uses for all of their medical interactions. And it's a video and or audio and or screen share chat where you're having a live discussion and talking about something that's that's meaningful and important to you at that point. There's a earn CME button that's embedded into that screen. So at any time, the learners can can click on that and gain CME from these instant rounds that are being posted by, by an individual who has something to share. We have some fun embedded digital models within there. So, you know, if I'm talking about anesthesia and airway, I can literally pull up, you know, an airway 3D model, you know, in there and, and, and have this discussion with everybody else who's on the screen. Um, again, that can be with one person, that can be with a thousand people. So it's, it's just, it's not breaking the system. It's breaking the way in which we think about learning to a certain extent and trying to expand it to other opportunities outside of the traditional grand rounds or outside of the traditional classroom setting. Um, and to have it accessible to to clinicians, you know, at any point, any time to engage with it, to learn. Uh, so for anybody listening who thinks, holy cow, this is changing the game as far as how I'm going to harvest my CME credits, go to apmsuccess.com slash 125. We're going to have links to all the relevant content discussions and websites and all that, as well as uh, Dr. Cohen's contact info. If you want to reach out to him, ask any questions, and he can get you onboarded with CMFI if you want to start rocking and rolling. Any other words of wisdom? that you want to share, Brian, before we let you go? I don't think so. I just, you know, encourage people to continue doing what they're doing. And we're going to be there to, to find ways to help support it and drive value back to those of us who are out there pushing the propofol every day and, and walking the rounds and, 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 you know, making it through a, a rough couple of years. So appreciate the platform to, to chat with you and, and to get the word out there. And we're, we are an open book as far as, you know, ideas and, and feedback and ways in which we can continue to, to help our colleagues. Yeah. And just one last word in parting, anybody who has their own podcast or who has a blog or who has these interactions or is a presenter who wants to, to say, I want to become a host, highly encourage you uh, 
getting the process started. I've had a little bit of interaction with the Adaptrack and CMFI team and everything is like Brian said, it's just super easy and streamlined. And that's been really awesome to see. Dr. Brian Cohen, thank you for joining us today on APM Success. Thank you, Justin. If you liked what you heard this week, head on over to apmsuccess.com where you can find more content and free resources to help you build a successful career in anesthesia and pain management. If you wanted to leave a review in iTunes, I'd also really appreciate it. Thanks for using some of your valuable time to join me today on APM Success.